definitely authentic, isn't it? That's much better, Joe. We can hear you well now. Sweet. You look professional, man. Nice. This is a Turtle Beach gaming headset. Yeah, of my son's. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I oh. want to introduce everybody to the wonderful Susie, who uh, I call her Susie from Suna Pilates, which is her business in Auckland. But Susie's so much more. And I was thinking, how do I sum up Susie? Here's, here's how I'd sum you up, Susie. Um, I talked to a guy who met you in the bushwalk that is behind you there, where your um, property edges onto this lovely bush. And he was a very successful businessman who was in a very bad place, very dark place, um, feeling quite suicidal. And I guess I'd sum up Susie as Susie turned his life around. And he's now a very happy, balanced, joyful human being. And Susie's done that not just to one, but probably to thousands of people. She's just this um, force of nature woman who all Kiwis should know and like me love. So welcome, Susie. Thanks. Beautiful. It's a lovely, lovely day there. And so, Jono, we've got um, Regen Agri. We, Has anyone else about... got the song in their head? Wake up, little Susie, wake up. <laughs> My favourite. I was just going to say, Jono, Regen Agri and frustrated guitarist, singer and queen frontman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good luck describing me. And then we've got beautiful teacher Joe, who's just done so much wonderful work himself down in the central part of the South Island. And then we've got Farmer James, who's somewhere around Clinton Gore, not in Vicargo, don't get it wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought today, guys, it would be beautiful to have Susie, because in the weekend I was thinking, wow, I think I've I think I'm coming out of winter thinking. What do I mean by that? I'm coming out of there's so much that's wrong. There's so much I have to put right. There's so much I have to fight. There's so much that needs exposing to, wow, it's a beautiful morning. The sky is blue. Spring is here. And there's so much possibility. The sap is rising in that tree behind Susie. I wonder what our discussion could create if we talked about a New Zealand that we would really want and not all the things we don't want. And that's why, Susie, I just wondered if we could start with you. How do you how do you move into that place of creation, of what you really want, of what we really want as a country? Well, creation can only really happen in the now. And one of the biggest problems people seem to have with that is we have a culture, so that's a media and a social media um, and our society that is built around telling stories of what we've done. Oh, this happened to me. This was terrible. Um, or, oh, I just one day when I have this, everything will be okay. Everything's past and future, and there's no creation in that. And that's a, it's a really big thing to get your head around. This isn't any new thinking. This is really old thinking. But creation can only happen now. Everything only happens now. Everything that's happened before now has happened. You can't change it. Uh, everything that's going to happen you might think you have control because we have a culture that teaches us from very young, if you behave, you do well, you go to school, you go to uni, you do this, you be a good person, you help your neighbor, everything will go all right. That ain't going to stop you getting hit by a bus. So in reality, we need to spend more time right now because how you decide to take every now moment actually creates the habits and the thought processes that allow you to see all the good things in life. And those little now moments actually add up to phenomenal futures and everything you could ever desire. So really the key is 
how do I get my mind here now? I mean, most people don't even know where their minds are. I challenge you to go, you know, at any one moment, oh, what am I thinking about? Is it past, future or now? And most people are lamenting the past, worrying about the future. You honestly, you don't have control over it. You can't make anyone happy or sad. You can't control the politicians. You can't control the weather. Well, I can't. Um, so all you've got, <laughs> all you've got really is right this minute. So how, what are you going to do with this minute? How cool is this minute? You may have had a, something shitty happen this morning, but realistically, did it last more than a minute or five minutes? Are you going to let one minute or five minutes shit up your whole day? You've got this moment and this moment and this moment. So if you just look around, open your eyes and go, how do I enjoy this? I'm sitting here getting my son, drinking a beautiful drink with these beautiful people and interesting people. What more could go right with my day? What more could I want than this moment now? And you look beautifully present, Susie. It's one thing I noticed when you joined Susie and I were the first on the call and um, and I didn't know Susie was coming because I was late on the on the um, chat as so I just uh, had this person Susie turn I was like who's that and then you, this woman turns up and you're just glowing and beaming and I was like I don't know who this woman is but I like her she is present she is powerful and you're so right Susie and, I, and I'll add to that like you know where am I thinking from because we're all dealing with things all the time and, and it's where, where our thoughts are like, I'll just share an example. Um, this week I had my children's mother say to me, oh, Jono, um, how do you think about us moving to Australia? And like instantly I went into like the future and like what would that look like and fear and I started to feel myself being triggered and shut down and reactive. So in that moment, I was only reactive to the situation. And then I brought myself back to now, like Susie said, and now, and now. And what was so right now is they're not in Australia, they're in Omaru. And what's here right now is just a conversation about it as a possibility. And I got to hear it as just a possibility. And we got, to, I started to then get curious, like, okay, and what's brought that on? Oh, well, we, you know, we went for a holiday over there and um, this is what she said and and, you know, it was really warm and lots of fun and excitement. I was like, man, I completely get that. And, you know, look at the look at New Zealand right now. Like, look how many people are moving to Australia. Like, I completely get that. And, you know, and being clear in the now is like, because you get to be really clear rather than um, upset about what might happen or reactive based on what you predict to be the situation playing out. It's like, and it doesn't work for me. Like, I get that you want to, go to Aussie and like I completely understand like wow I mean who wouldn't right now but and it just doesn't work and just got to like really create for her what things are like now it's like wow you've got like an incredible home you're surrounded by family and like the opportunity I then got was to actually get her present to now because she wasn't now and, you know, my daughter's competing in North Otago cross country next week, and she's qualified for that. And, you know, we've, we've got newborn Bowen. My sister just had her baby last week. I have to share that. She <laughs> had her baby. And everything was okay, Jono. Everything's okay. Brilliant. The stress from what she's been through has had her give birth at a lighter weight than when she got pregnant. How's that? For, this is the impact people aren't acknowledging. But thank goodness this child is okay. 
So Susie, I love where you're going with this. Let's continue. <laughs> I just have to say on the baby, Susie, she lost one of the twins. And, um, and so it's been this nerve wracking thing. Will this baby survive? And that little soul must be so determined to be alive, to say, this is my time to be on the earth. Imagine that soul. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and babies and our children are, are the big ones for our heart, aren't they? That's, um, that is what we are really most attached to. And I, I have a lot of hope for that because a lot of people who I have seen not be willing to stand up or do for themselves recently um, will when they see the effects on their children of all the things that are happening. Uh, because really all we want is for our, our children to be happy. And it's amazing how many people I talk to that just desperately want their children to be happy. And I say, what about you? What do you mean me? Just if my children are happy, I'm happy. Actually, there's more to it than that. And I, I personally believe the best thing we can do for our kids is set a good example. Like if, I, um, if I've had a, a lot of clients in in a week and I've had a lot of friends with things going on and I'm doing my best to, to be there, to listen to people and, and, and help them be themselves, uh, sometimes I'll come home and the kids all want something and, you know, they'll say, and I'll just say, actually, you know what, um, to my older, can you make dinner? And can you just give me a minute? Mummy needs to go sit in the hot tub and just read a book and just decompress a little because instead of sacrificing myself, I need to show them that I can still be of service in the world and I can still live it very joyfully and none of it's a burden. And that I prioritize my joy and I prioritize my life. And that's really the best example we can set for them. So, you know, fantastic that we see ourselves through our kids and fantastic we want them to be happy. But just remember, your kids will find it harder to be happy if they're not coming from happy parents. Um, and if, if they're feeling responsible for their parents' happiness. Hugely, and for other people. So once again, how do we set that example? How do we understand, you know, I can be the, I could be the kindest person in the world. Someone can still hate me. That's got nothing to do with me, mate. That's got to do with them. You know, life isn't actually that personal. Uh, someone who's going out there and, and spreading fear and anger and division and whatever, that person is not a happy person, mate. I know happy people and people who take joy in their own being and in other human beings, you know what? They just try and spread joy wherever they go. You know, it's like those happy drunks. Everything's, I love you. It's right. That's what happy people do. Now, why the heck would I take an example from anyone spreading anger, spreading dissent, spreading separation, segregation, any of this bullshit? Why would I listen? You're not happy. I am not. You know, my mentors in life are people who are doing better than me people who are just living their best life why would I listen to anyone who is not healthier than me anyone who is not happier than me no it's all about example so watch the examples that we're listening to I you know there's a reason I don't listen to the news I don't see any good examples there that's all wow blow out over Boys, you get anything? Because otherwise, I'm just going to fit. I'm just going to go. Like, I, I got lots to say. Um, that's how I live my t life too, Susie. So thanks for being an inspiration there in, in your community. 
Uh, for me, you know, I'm down about 800 meters down the road. I'm at a, a school called Rangura High School. And um, when I was, you know, heading back to school after being, you know, terminated last year, I headed down to school and I, I had one, one thought in here and that was to kill everybody with joy. Okay. Um, I just go around with a bigger smile. I go around with, you know, engaging with every little bunch of kids. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, three, two or three, one, or it's a mob of 15, 20. I say greet every bunch of kids. Good morning, everybody. And I'm just like this beam of sunshine as I move through school and stuff. And do you know what? That's now hitting me back 10, 20, 30 fold as, um, you know, I'm just walking around school. And I know there's other staff members walking around and stuff, but from way over across there, you know, the other side of the courtyard or wherever, hey, Mr. Holland and stuff. And, you know, I've been there, what, 14, 15 weeks or something like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I hear you and I respect you. And, um, you know, you've just reinforced for me how, how I want to live my life <clears> and, and what I'm going to do on a, you know, on, you know, continue to do on a daily basis. It's a beautiful thing. But, Jono, no way. I don't want to go to Australia. I mean, yeah, sure, it's nice. And I'd love to go there for a holiday. But um, there's a bit of work to do here. So that's why I've got no interest in heading over there just yet. Mm. <clears throat> Thank you. By the way, Farmer James here. Um, I would just like to say if Joe was my teacher at school, I think I would have much preferred to go to school. But uh, I didn't have any teachers anywhere near like Joe. And they were all pretty much all female except for... There was a couple... To be honest, the one teacher I respected the most was like the most staunchest teacher we had, like a... Um, he was a real like strict. You had to be tucked in. You had to have you, you. You had to almost be choking yourself if you're tired. But like everyone did it because they respected him. Because you know they they lived up to his level. And I found he was quite good. But we didn't have any teachers that would be anything like Joe, um, which I think we're missing in this in this day and age. So I'm glad you've gone back to work because <laughs> you'll impact many kids, I'm sure. Um, just with what you're saying, I'm not very. Uh, I don't know what you say. Those what what do you describe. Uh, the right words for what that sort of touchy feely type stuff. I'm not very much in that zone myself, but I've uh, <laughs> I've been brought more into that zone um, through probably knowing people like Jono, which uh, I found pretty well rewarding. And I, I know that Joe, we shared some pretty powerful conversations. Oh, look at this. Hey, Steve Sir has given me coffee. Sir, <laughs> way to go, Steve. <laughs> it's my lovely wife. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was just aware we had some, we shared some really good conversations and I took like a lot out of that, to be fair. And I was always one of those people that was like real driven and worried about the future, always future, future, future. What's this going to, uh, and uh, how, how is this what I'm doing now going to affect in the future? And then what happens is the Saint drove blows you off course a wee bit, which happens every time. Um, you get all bloody depressed pretty much because you get you know everything's blown up and you thought it was going to be the certain way and it hasn't been all that so i found it's quite powerful to live in the moment a wee bit and just sort of trust your instincts and trust your gut um and i'm just aware like this time last week i was literally in wellington and i <laughs> i wasn't going to go to wellington until when was that probably i don't know the day before or something and i just chose to go to wellington in the middle middle of the busiest time of the year and to be honest since i got back i haven't stopped working because i've tried to catch been trying to catch up but like I don't regret it at all. I'm really glad I went. I met I honestly would have recognized probably one in ten people. Um, just from at the Freedom, whatever you want to call it, Freedomville, whatever you want to call it. And then also I met it's a lot of people I've 
um you know i've been talking to online and stuff in paris and i'd like it just pumped me back up you know like it filled me up with joy and i got to hang out with rukshan and that and realized that the government's just completely full of crap about saying he was kind of like a terrorist and i'm like that guy's actually really kind <laughs> good really good bloke he's on the same level as us um yeah like i just i just don't regret it at all but in the past there's no way in hell i'd go in the busiest time of the year would i fly to wellington for a protest there's no way i'd ever do that but like i've done it lived in the moment and then yeah it's definitely paid off i think well i don't know if it's paid off but it's it made me feel good and also like farmers i think john i about a attest to this farmers quite often get stuck in this whole they're always worried about all this other stuff that's affecting them rather than what they can actually do and like you, you know you might have a real bad spell of weather and it is pretty light it is it's kind of good to um i guess give it a bit of like it's good to know that it's there and it's a drought or whatever it is but what can i do to get out of this and that's what i've always moved like not always but more in the last few years i've moved into the zone of like what can i do and as long as i'm doing everything i can do to affect it i don't get worried about it because i can't affect the weather like you said, Susie, like I can't control the weather. Maybe someone else can, but not me. Um, but yeah, uh, it doesn't, I can't worry about that. I just need to worry about what I'm doing. If I'm doing the best I can with the with the tools I have in my arsenal. And that's, you know, that's the sort of level I've got onto now. So I kind of have been progressing to that over the years. But since I've met you guys, I've definitely moved a bit more into the touchy-feely type material. Oh, no, you're full touchy-feely. <laughs> You're coming around, James. You're doing very, very well. <laughs> Guys, I met this um, this farmer. He would have been uh, maybe early 60s when I was up in Blenheim this week, last week. And um, and he was, we're doing a workshop up there and he was coming in with these questions. It was really great. Um, some people might have called him like a bit of a heckler or something. I didn't. I think he really contributed powerfully. And, um, and on the lunch break, we got talking and he... Like we, we were sharing about what creates the space for discovery and for like what alters one's paradigm. And most of the time it's like grief. Like, cause what when I, when I talk about, you know, regenerative systems and, 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 and whole systems thinking, like you can't just simply go from being a reactive farmer or reactive in life in any sense of the word to being you know, preventative and addressing root causes, like the same in medicine. It's a different way of thinking. How do you get there? Well, a lot of the time it's either inspirational grief. And this guy was sharing with me about he got the first jab and had a massive, massive reaction. And um, and then we started just sharing, like, because he didn't know who I was in this world. He wasn't on Facebook or social media. And it was interesting because he was sort of hesitant to say anything about the reaction. Like, he, you know, because... Like for some people who aren't strong willed, like the Jameses and the teachers and the Lizzes and the Susies, bringing up something that isn't in agreement in the world or like could be seen possibly as like a weird thing or a conspiracy or whatever, people sort of tippy toe around it. And he was tippy toeing a little bit. And I just had to be like, look, mate, I, I've got you. Like, I get, like, trust me, I'm in communication with people daily who are in your position. And he got to be heard for the first time. Then he asked for my number. He said, we're going to have a chat. Like, we're going to have a talk about this. But this guy was like, he's a bachelor. And it's like, you know, he hadn't been able to share what he was dealing with since right at the beginning of this whole thing. And he's dealing with floods. He's dealing with prices going through the roof. He's dealing with market, crazy market fluctuations. All of this stuff out of his control. 
but just having someone to listen, it was just like for him, it was like this crazy cool moment talking about farmers who are, you know, and this is a, this is a guy like this. He was like this, you know, we don't, we don't talk about this thing and oh, And then I got one of those things and oh, I don't know what it was. And, and, and you know, and then I felt the softness come through touchy feely man came out. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's kind of where we have to go, isn't it, Susie? That is such a beautiful way into what is a New Zealand we could create out of the mayhem. I, it's, it's, it's got so much potential suddenly to me. In the weekend, I went, we're birthing, we really are birthing something new, but what is it? What do you see, Susie? Um, I agree totally. Through hardship and through pain and unfortunately a lot of people like to learn through suffering uh, it gets to a point where our our true authentic core can't deal with that anymore you get to a point in pain where you can't take that so you need to get yourself out of that situation and you might actually have to remove yourself from that or from certain people or you might have to completely re-understand what's happening. And I think what you're talking about with the touchy-feely, which I love, is vulnerability, right? Uh, and this is something I've always noticed with people. Uh, you sit around and everyone's talking about whatever, you know, you're at a dinner and rah, rah, rah. Uh, and, and nothing really comes out until someone says something a little vulnerable. Um, I remember talking to someone camping one time whole group of people we'd met all these campers everyone's having a beer around the fire and uh he was asked something and he said oh no no that's because I'm adopted and I went oh cool I'm adopted too and another two people sitting around us go I'm adopted too I'm and suddenly this conversation went from blah to blah talking heads deep dive well, this is what happened. I had an open adoption. I had a closed adoption. Rada, rada, rah. Went on till two in the morning and it was beautiful and deep and all the rest of them were men and they suddenly cracked open. And vulnerability isn't something that, you know, we've been led and I certainly, when I was younger, believed it was a weakness. It's not. It is our greatest power because our greatest joy is actually connection and you cannot connect unless you're being vulnerable. Authentic's another way of saying vulnerable, right? So, you know, you don't have to be touchy-feely. You don't have to cry all over the darn place. But you have to be willing to say what's in your heart. And then when you connect with people, just as each of you are, you're connecting to people. And you may go, oh, well, that's not making a difference. It actually bloody does. Every single one person. You walk down the street with everyone wearing their masks and you show a smile and you acknowledge them. Hey, how are you? Happy rising, whatever it's going to be. That actually makes a difference to people's day. And I've had people stop me and say that before. So don't, don't think anything you do goes unseen. And you set a good example and do what your heart tells you is right, what your moral compass tells you is right. Uh, it'll always be the right thing. Even if everyone on mainstream media and all of your neighbors are saying different, have a look around. They're saying different because they're afraid. Anyone who's angry, anger comes from fear. They're just afraid. If someone's having a go, rah, 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 don't go back. It's not about anger. It's about fear. Talk to them as if they are afraid. Talk to them as if they are a scared 10-year-old. That's all it is. 
Um, and, and again, this is a choice to be vulnerable, is a choice to be real, is a choice to be authentic. And every best moment in your life will come from that. You know, talk about walking around the playground, being that beam of sunshine. That is just stellar. Like what else is there to do with life? Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter where you are. That's exactly what you go into. I mean, you guys are incredible, absolutely inspirational. This is life-changing. Now, this and us, we were all here right through the past two and a half, three years. But how did you see that? Personally, I found the past couple of years incredible, deeply beautiful, loving. Uh, our, our tribe has grown bigger and bigger by leaps and bounds. You know, and I've always been into this hippie voodoo nonsense. So um, already had a pretty big tribe there. These these guys are your tribe, Susie. These guys are your tribe. <laughs> um, but you know, it's got deeper and deeper, and 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 more real. You know, my bush buddies that I've met um, uh, this weekend. I was in Oakuni trying to get the last of the snow for the season, and just ran into the most beautiful people, um, all understanding the same thing all feeling humans have always felt uh, as long as I've been working with them alone and different and that's part of what we go through we we feel separate we feel alone we build an ego a story of ourselves and then at some point in life your ego will just disgust you and you have to break it down and become real and authentic again but it's a process you know can't appreciate the sun if you don't have the rain hmm. right but it'd be nice to appreciate it no matter what hmm. So you guys are the example and you were the same and you were here through this whole process. How we saw it and how present we were was how much we enjoyed it. Mm. That's all there is to it. I got something this week, Susie, and all of you guys, like I really got present to actually, I can be a real asshole. <laughs> no, like seriously, like I'm driving down the road, judging people for things. But like the cool thing about it is like when, when Susie created See the Beauty, it's not always fairies and flowers. Like to me, beauty is someone owning their shit. Like that is beauty. That is courageous. You know, like me just getting present to, and I just was in the car by myself driving south to pick up the kids. And I was just laughing, like giving myself some compassion, like whoa man you could be a real jerk but it's not even that kind of detached reflection isn't personal like I love that way of thinking like I get to like look I get to have these conversations detached from like any sense of my 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 inner self my core like it's almost like my ego running the show man if I let that guy run the show it's just like judge assess judge some more have a whinge all the stuff, re react, defend. It's like, once you get, there's nothing to defend, you know, and, and, and you called it, uh, you called it uh, authentic or you called it vulnerable. It's like, um, I kind of laugh when I, when I know, like when, when, you know, my, my ex-wife said about moving to Australia, I noticed for a minute, I was, I was not being vulnerable. I was, I was being in like, like, but this wasn't coming out of my language. This was up in my head. It was like, oh, you can't do that. You can't take my kids away from me. And imagine if I came in like that. <laughs> Yucky. So I got to choose. No, I'm not going to be that. And, you know, and I could have been more vulnerable. I could have just said, because what was really there for me is, hey, I'm scared. 
I don't want my kids to go to Australia. And maybe that would have changed the conversation dramatically. It's a beautiful way. If, if, you, can, if you can pull out the things that the brain part of you goes, oh, cringe. If you can say that honestly, someone says, yo, we're doing this. And you go, oh, shit, that scares the crap out of me. Like my heart breaks because I need you in my lifetime. Every time, everything will go well. It, it, you know, connection isn't this. Connection is this. And when we just say the most honest thing in that situation, it always surprisingly works out well. Make it a game. Could I say that? Put it in your mouth and just spit it out and see what happens. And then it becomes really fun to see what people's reactions are. And then you realize that's the way to win everything. Yeah, you didn't die. <laughs> I, I have been born with that issue. <laughs> I literally can't help myself but spit out whatever is on my mind at all times, even in the most inappropriate settings. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. A lack of filters is the best thing to have. Oh yeah, no, like my wife goes nuts because she's like, could you just not, like, come on, surely you could have just not said that. Like you knew that it was just going to get people rolled up. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. It was wrong. I couldn't help. But like, you know, this person was trying to say, I you know, like I don't know exactly, but they're trying to say something, you know, like, oh, we need to all go out and get jabbed or something. I'm like, like, no, we do not. That is like hideous. Like, no. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not like, that's just bullshit. No. And then my wife's just like, oh, you could have just let it go. You know, like, this is my family. And I'm like, no. It's <laughs> just your family. That was so <laughs> But like, yeah. So Steph had a, and Steph, my wife, had a, um, she went to a wedding, right? And it was her cousin. And, you know, one of them wasn't jibby jab. So they could only have 50 people back in the whatever colour that was. Um, and so it kind of ruined their wedding, really. And on the way back, uh, my, my wife's dad, her, his siblings, half of them are, yeah, there's two, there's four of them, half of them are, you know, on the same page as us and half of them are sort of a bit like a sheep. Anyway, um, and they were going along with it and they were honestly when they said goodbye to their grandparents they were said like the one of the sheep was like oh this is the last time i'm going to see you because covid's going to take you or something like pretty much like scared and i was like steph why didn't you just say what are you doing you're full of crap like i was if i was in that situation i would 100 percent had to call them out on like but like no one called them out on their crap like it was just so disgusting how they thought their 80 year old parents because they that their parents the grandparents there's no way they're taking any of that crap they're like nah Nah, and then one of their kids thinks they're going to die because of the flu. It's like, what the hell? And if they did happen to die because of it, they honestly wouldn't care. They're like, mm, so be it. I'll take my chances. You know what I mean? They're not worried at all. And yeah, I just, uh, I was getting infuriated with the conversation because no one was authentic and no one called out these people on their crap. My wife just told me this yesterday. I was like, well, why didn't you just say something? And it is just their fear. And that's the hard thing, you know? It's It's such a... It's like a dance, eh, with two people. It's such a, when do I speak and when is it not beneficial to speak? Because when people are in the throes of that fear, um, that's a really hard thing to talk to. But again, just speaking about what it really is, not what it looks like. You know what I mean? Just saying to people, wow, you're so scared. That must be a really tough place to live in. Just remember as well, when people are in that fear state, 
it's sympathetic dominance. Central nervous system has an accelerator and a brake. The brake is rest, repair, digest. The accelerator is fight, flight, freeze, or please. Pleasing is what we see a lot of, a lot of conformity or a lot of, you could call it sheeping. You know what I mean? Now, if you've got the accelerator on, for your body, this is the same as running away from a tiger. So if anyone's telling you, oh my God, I'm so scared for your death when you're perfectly healthy in front of them. Oh, this might happen. This thing might happen. Understand that they are technically running from a tiger. Now, if you're running from a tiger, one of the things that happens, well, number one, you're getting no rest and repair. So mentally, you're having issues dealing with reality. The logical and rational part of your brain, that neocortex, that really isn't working. Because to run from a tiger, you don't need to think rationally. You just you need all your energy to go to your legs and cardiovascular system to run. Okay. So the hardest thing is that unfortunately, so many people have the accelerator on and have had it on for two and a half years. Their bodies are falling apart, their minds are falling apart. There is no arguing with them there is no reasoning because that part of their brain is shut down because it's not required to run from a tiger so that's the most challenging thing you know maybe when we meet these people as well we can go okay well they're, they're saying really ridiculous things to my rational thinking mind and my calm self and my parasympathetic dominance um how would i talk to someone who's running from a tiger if someone runs past me running from a tiger i go hey you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee they're like, screw you, I'm running from a tiger and you should run too. They don't, they don't, look, they won't be pooping. Do you know how many people don't poop over the past two and a half years? That's one of the biggest issues we come up with. If you're having no rest and repair, if you're in sympathetic dominance, you're not pooping. Some of them are pooping like once a week. This is a really big issue. They're getting toxic all the way through their body. So, you know, I'm exactly the same. I'm not, I don't have filters. I don't like them. Um, filters are just a lot of programming. Whereas my friends accept me for me and know sometimes I say stuff that may seem insensitive or whatever. But I'm also always willing to apologize if I got it wrong. There's no problem there. Uh, but we just got to remember these people are literally running from tigers. We, if, if you see someone on, if you see anyone with a mask on, they're running from tigers. Now, I haven't seen any of these tigers. I've heard all about them, but they must be invisible. And I think I'm immune to them. So just remember, poor buggers. Because mm. I have been in the past, I've definitely one thing I've brought forward because I think it's probably more wise is when they, you know, you see someone, you bring, you have to bring up the conversation because otherwise it's just not, you know, like there's no, it's like the media at the moment, they're not bringing in a, a balanced opinion. So if you don't balance it by saying that that's not right or pick out, say, well, what about this? You're not really making it a fair conversation for people to listen to. But once they get, if they get into that real defensive mode, you're better off trying to inspire them to move out of it than just carry on saying they're wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that does gets you nowhere. You don't go, so like I get these trolls all the time and I love replying to them. I'm like, thank you for always coming home on my pages. It, it spreads the word out there even further and it gets me more reach. I really appreciate you. And my God, they just trigger straight out, just like full blown trigger. And I'm like, oh, sweet as you should jump onto a live chat and we'll have a conversation about our difference of opinion. And they're just like, they won't do it. So I give them like probably like literally maybe 10 chances to say, <laughs> come on, have a yarn about it. And if they don't, I just block them because I'm like, I'm not going to have you just come in a negative vibe all these other people that are just really like courageous and want to be brave. I'm like, if you can have an opinion, that's fine. It can be completely obviously I don't care, but if you're just going to continuously just like pick out 
the negative side of it. So I realized if I'm going to be like that, I can't be doing the same thing myself. So <laughs> got to switch it onto a positive. But um, yeah, inspire rather than I, I heard you say that before, like that. You know, you got to flick into that inspire mindset rather than that sort of attack or defense type mindset. Yeah, there is nothing to defend. I mean, here's the thing: just wait. People aren't very patient these days, but time will tell. You know, if you told me what's happening today, two years ago, I can tell you. I went, yeah, I can see that coming. That's okay. We just wait, wait for another two years, guys. This is going to be a very different conversation for people. Uh, and the things we're talking about today are still the things that hold true. So uh, just patience and time. The truth always wins out. It's all there is. Guys had your like good friends come to you and go, why didn't you tell me about all this stuff earlier? Like, you know, you let me do it. I'm like, can you remember me like very much trying to like twist your arm behind your back saying, please don't do that. And you like just completely show me up. Can you remember that? Or like, no. Nah. And he's like, yeah, I can't like, you know, but you should have just, you should have just told me a bit more because now I can see it. But I'm like, I couldn't tell you any more, mate. Like this is, you know I mean? That now they're open to what's all going on and they could realize, holy crap, James could see this. And I was they're trying, he's trying to tell me, but why don't you just convince me? I was like, there's no, you can't convince people. You honestly can't. There's no chance. They have to see it for themselves. There's no, you can never convince someone. You have to just let them find it out. Especially when they're running from tigers. <laughs> yeah, unless you've got a big gun to shoot the tiger with and they see you shoot the tiger, they're going to keep running. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. yeah go, go, Liz. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, you go. <laughs> cool. I, I, um, this was, you know, this is surreal for me because I was, I was probably in a zoo, you know, at my previous school. Um, and it was probably just a, a zoo full of tigers because I was putting my hand up many a times and I was dropping bombs and trying to, um, I guess, distract all those tigers and things. But it, it didn't matter what happened. A whole lot of people, they had their, their heads in the sand or they, um, uh, or, or they were just running. They, you know, they just, like you said, that, that mind wasn't in the present and they couldn't see through... Uh, I guess that manipulation, they couldn't see all that, you know, that fear mongering that was, you know, seeding forth from our government and things. Um, I look really, really forward to reaching out to those friends, you know, as part of keeping my job in the interim while I was standing up and speaking out. Um, I was given the, um, our school's social media policy. So I had to delete, I think it was close to 200, you know, close friends off all the social media and everything like that. Because otherwise I was going to have students put, you know, anti-vaxxer up all over my my um, office and stuff like this, you know. And and I, I actually said when I had uh, uh, you know the conversation with their associate principal, I said, yeah, go for it. Look, let them. Okay, I'm I'm proud to stand and be that. And the look of horror on my you know associate principal's face was like, are you for real? I'm like, yeah, I'm for real. I don't mean mine being authentic. I do not live in fear. This is, you know, this is what it is. You know, I, I am concerned and I care for my health as I do my family and as I do for all of you. Hence why I'm calling these meetings after school and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I got the constant bombardment that, that I just, I don't know, there's that, um, there's that shield, rainbow shield um, picture that, that uh, Jono shared a um, number of weeks back. Um, and that, and that's obviously there's, there's, you know, messaging behind that about, you know, the desexualization of our society and families and everything like this. But, you know, sometimes it does take to, to get through the present as being able to put on a shield 
um, of your exterior, of your truth, of your authenticity to, to make it through. The good thing is, you know, that, that the need, I guess, for some, in some degrees, the need for that shield to come down um, has come down. And I had one of those magic moments yesterday after school. Um, I was coming home and I was coming through a shop and just buying a couple of loaves of bread on my way through. I'm, you know, always thinking about how I'm going to look after my family and what have you. And um, one of the boys is one of my students down there at school. Miss Holland, where's your mask? And I go, I, I, I don't wear one of those. Why don't you wear a mask? Well, I care about my health. I care about my immune system. I care about what's good for me and what's coming into my body. And you know, to, to have one of these on, I feel really, really sorry for you guys. The conversation went on and stuff, and you know, you could see you could see them really thinking, um, wanting to take it off. But I'm guessing, you know, cameras and you know, managers and whatever out there, um, they you know they that they, they couldn't. So. You know, living in the present and, and taking the opportunities to reach out and talk to people um, is so vitally important. And yeah, I'm, I'm going gangbusters at school. Um, it's no holds barred for me. Um, I, and, and I'm loving it because, you know, there's people, you know, there's people that avoid me. There's people that will challenge me and there's people that will come and congratulate me. And, you know, I had a great afternoon uh, last Friday afternoon of a couple of a beer with, um, with some, some teachers that are, um, you know, going through through the awakening. That's pretty, pretty, you know, incredible, emotional, and um, enlightening times. Thank you. That's gorgeous, Joe. Beautiful. It's beautiful. actually, it's a beautiful question when someone says, Are "You anti-vax," and I just go, "Well, I'm anti-this vax. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> no question." <laughs> I love, I love the anti too, you know, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it before, but um, the anti word, it's quite powerful. Words have been changed in our culture now to be quite negative words. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're not talking about how I'm anti-rape, are they? Yeah. And that, that should be a good thing, shouldn't it? You horrid uh, person, anti-raping, like, God. Yeah, <laughs> filthy. Filthy. But, you know, it's a... They're powerful words. Um, people are throwing out all these. This is all about labeling now, isn't it? It's once again, just they're coming from a very um, confused and not loving place in themselves because it doesn't matter if you have the people who avoid you, you have the people who this you, this you, it's got nothing to do with you. Um, I like to now really encourage people not to go, oh, they were angry with me. They were avoiding me. They were angry. They were avoiding it's not about me. That's them. That's hundred percent on you. And we're watching. You don't even know if they were avoiding. We don't even know. We don't even know. Sometimes it's obvious, Jono. When someone like walks this way and it, like turns that way in an abrupt manner when you're coming, it means they're avoiding. What if they forgot their phone or their mask? If they do it every day. <laughs> We've got no idea. We just have no. We quickly jump That's to true. conclusions and make it personal. That's true. And we've got to reiterate that by not using that language either. That's not about me. They're not angry at me. They're angry. And they're actually not angry. They're just afraid of something. So figure out what they're afraid of mm. uh, and it'll all work out. And the people coming at you saying, you know, why didn't you tell me? Well, once again, why didn't you take responsibility? You didn't take responsibility then. You're not taking responsibility now. Um, and so many people are now looking at taking self-responsibility for their health. And people just don't take responsibility when they're scared. 
when they're scared that they'll look like a dick or look like a failure or whatever it is. Um, once again, poor buggers, because a self-responsible life is a very beautiful life. <laughs> I've got an example for this. You know, like you, people think they're sort of waking up to stuff. And then yesterday I was having this conversation with one of their friends come over and they're talking about one of their teachers, um, like this lady, she was, you know, she knew what, you know, what the, the go was with the vaccine, but got sort of forced into it because she wanted to keep her job basically. And I, I sort of, you know, I was a wee bit frustrated because I understood that they both of them ended up taking it. And I was like, what about your kids? Like I was pretty like, you know, you guys definitely know what's going on. This is not, you know, okay. But anyway, she thinks she's awake still. And we're having this conversation yesterday and she goes, oh, one of my teachers, right? She's pregnant. But now if you catch COVID, and, and 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 you're pregnant and you and you're 20 they have to start scanning the heart of the baby because the covid affects them i said i just sat there looking at it and i was like mm. do you think it might be to do with that thing that goes rather than the um than the that that cold we kit and then i said to steph i said um you know your cousin hannah she's pregnant a he's like she's like yep she's caught covid since she's been pregnant a yep does she have to get these scans on her baby no, I was like, what about your sister-in-law? She's she's had the does she have to get scans on her baby? Yes. So it's only the ones that have got um the the wee jibby jab that have to get these heart scans and have to get these like heart specialists to monitor their baby's hearts from 20 weeks onwards because there's that much crap going on. So like, but she's she she had to sit there and explain it to me. And I just sat there just sitting there looking at her and I was just sitting there smiling and looking at her and smiling. And then she, she got to the end of it after explaining it to me. And she goes, Oh, was that was was that was is, is this because of the the, the 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 jab? And I was like sitting there looking at her and she finally got it, but she she wouldn't have got it unless she had sealed it. She pretty much explained it to herself and then she realized, oh, that doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? But like if I jumped in and told her like it's the jab straight away it, it wouldn't have been there but i had to just give her a bit of proof like what about this one what about this one and then she said oh okay but she you know like people won't see it until they see it themselves you can't show them you got you can't well you can show them you can't like tell them you've got to let them see it for themselves lead a horse to water can't make it drink yeah. and so that was that was a good story james susie what is what that phrase a self-responsible life is a very beautiful life tell us a bit more about that what do you well, what does that look like? You're responsible for your happiness or your misery. It's as simple as that. Uh, you know, things happen in life, um, but they don't happen 24-7. And if they do, <coughs> it doesn't happen forever. I've read books of, uh, you know, POWs who were caught and put in pits during the Vietnam War or uh, World War II somewhere, and their feet were rotting off and they had to eat the dead guy and rah, rah, rah. And the book's not a macabre, just horrific horror story. It's actually a story of camaraderie and the joys they found in the pit. And oh my goodness, we had a rat to eat today. This was fantastic. Uh, your, your happiness or lack of is up to you. And we have a culture that tells us that's not true. And that, you know, this is, I realized quite a few years ago, we have a culture that is not good for humans at all. There's a reason I don't participate in, uh, certain aspects of our culture. Uh, haven't watched the news for a long time. Had some clients who came around, traveled around the Pacific Rim from the States to New Zealand, 10 years doing missionary dentistry with a pedal powered drill around the islands. And they had the paper from the day they left and the paper 10 years later, 
from the day they arrived, it was the same front cover, same picture, war in the Gulf. Okay, it's all recycled fear. Mm. That's all it is. So I don't participate in those sort of things. People come in and they go, oh, did you see such and such said this on the tally? Uh, no, no, my books don't have pictures. Uh, and I do you know, funner things with my time than sitting there listening to fear-mongering. So the choice is yours. And when you hear that, it can be quite confronting if you've given, if you've believed in all of this crap that we've all been brought up with. Um, and not all of it's been crap, of course, but there are programs running through our culture that are just dangerous and counterintuitive for well-being and happiness and a heart-centered life. So if you want to start having a good life, know that it's not wait till this is over, wait till this happens, oh, when this person happens, when I find true love, when I finally lose 10 kg, it's, these are all the things people say, that's bullshit. If you can't be happy now, you can't be happy and you better work on the now. So self-responsibility is known to people go, oh, that triggered me, oh, I'm offended. Yeah, you are triggered, you are offended, that's on you. These yeah, not, it didn't happen to you. Like lots of people say, oh, but you, you did this to me. You, you upset me. No. No. Nope. You are upset. Let's yeah. reframe that. You are upset. You're not angry at me. You are angry because you are afraid. And in your afraid brain, in your fight, flight, freeze, or please, not pleasing doesn't fit in. Remember in our history, if we were all living in caves and roaming around in tribes, it was really important to fit in and not be segregated because if you were left out in the cold, another tribe might rape and pillage you or whatever, you know? So this is a long-term program in humanity to conform and to fit in. This is why uh, it's quite easy for media and politicians to say that the only people standing up are the black sheep. Well, the black sheep have already, for some reason in their lives, had to not fit in and had to deal with that. That's why so many people can see what's happening because they aren't under those programs of conformity. But it's time for each of us to stand up and go, what does my heart really want in this life? How, how do I connect to myself? And then if I'm just being me and I'm being authentic, I will connect with the correct people for me. And to be honest, if you when you turn into just the real you and anything else really doesn't matter in your life, you will connect with literally everyone yeah when it's not the goal when being um a part of a thing isn't the goal it's just a byproduct you're pretty much telling the story of the book um jonathan livingston seagull have you read that book susie i have incredible book yeah incredible yeah, and, and what would it look like to let go of he made me or she made me or this happened to me like <laughs> I wonder how much of the world's spending is based on lack and fear because we're not being responsible for ourselves. We're acting in the running from the tiger. How do I keep safe? How do I keep safe? Yeah, which is not loving ourselves. That's yeah. all it is. Lack and fear are the happy? of love. Happiness yeah. can happen every single second. Something traumatic yeah. could have happened 10 minutes ago, but if you're willing and all you have to be is willing, you can again have joy in the second if you want. Mm. You know, it's, it's a self-responsible life. And again, everything culturally, everything you see in the media generally, you know, at least 90%, uh, 
is saying the opposite, is saying, no, that's too much for you. That's too hard. It's the most common thing I've heard in the past two years. Yeah. Oh, that sounds hard. Cool. Well, it's harder to stay where you are. Yeah. Depressed, being anxious. So pick your heart. Are you going to do a depressed, anxious heart, or are you going to give it a go and see if you can be joyful? That's exactly what happened, Susie. I had a car accident in 2020, and <laughs> me and my two kids were in a car accident. A guy hit us and, and died on impact. And I remember sitting there on the side of the road, being really clear, making the phone calls that I needed to make while my son was sitting beside me, vomiting whiter than anything with what was, like I knew there was something going on with his neck. Like we just had a massive impact. And, um, and I was just- John had a multiple broken back, Susie. Multiple broken back. Amazing. I had 15 broken bones and my son had broken his neck. My daughter had fractured her back and broken her arm completely in two. And um, Harper, my daughter, she was six at the time. My son was four. And um, she went in one helicopter, me and my son went in the other. And we would, like afterwards, I'll come back to this, but I'm, I vividly, just as you were saying about this and how we have a choice to see, you know, it's, it's up to us how we take and perceive situations. I was in the helicopter with my son on my chest, conscious, both of us, talking about, wow, look at their son. And he was like, yeah, wow. You know, looking out the window of the helicopter at the beauty of the Southern Alps. You know, and, and then we got to hospital, all these people, oh my God, this is so traumatic. And, and I'm just like, can you stop? Yeah. Like, we're, we're okay. Like, there's no drama here. And, oh, that guy did that to you. What an asshole. That guy died. This is not personal. That guy's family rallied together $20,000 for my children's recovery. Man, how many of us are stuck in not accepting what happened and, and, and in fact, making it personal? I always use the analogy, like, very rarely, like, what happens when people pull out in front of us in traffic? What's the first thing we do? And I'll say us Kiwis, but maybe it's a global thing. Yeah, yeah, James. If you, <laughs> like it's some sort of personal attack. Guy's probably just late for work or maybe he didn't see you or whatever. But imagine if we didn't take it all personal. Powerful. That's, that's so powerful. And, and the challenge for everyone is just how do you practice this? You know? And learning through, you're saying through um, hardship and through pain that's where so much learning comes from mm. and you're right people do like to tell a story people go oh that was so terrible when this happened to you that was so terrible you know um, I've been adopted I've, I've had um, twins that were born prematurely lived and died I've had you know a broken neck broken back shoulders you name it I've done all sorts of stuff in my life to myself uh, however Every single one of those things could be taken as a, if I was listening to this culture, poor me, this is terrible that this has happened. But I know that doesn't make my heart sing. So all of these things have been deep connectors and have helped me not only get to joy every day, but help me connect to my clients who have had those experiences. I often used to wonder, geez, I've had a lot of experiences. Some people call it trauma. I'm just like, I'm very experienced. Um, and those hurting myself. Yeah, those, <laughs> I'm very experienced. Yeah, uh, I chose my broken back. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful because until you've had, you know, have people come in with sciatic pain, 
Okay, they've broken, a, they've slipped a disc, fractured a couple of vertebrae, sciatic pain for years and years, can't sleep at night. And I go, oh, I remember that. I had that for two years after I broke my L4, L5. This is what we're going to do. And they're like, I've never met any physio or anyone who's had this. And so they just can't help me with it. So our shared experiences, you know, when we open up and we just be honest with them, everyone opens up and it just takes one person in a room. You guys have all just told me how that happens. You go somewhere, you open up and be authentic and everyone around you does as well. It's almost like one person blooming can help everyone else bloom. That's how powerful a good example is. And you guys are just the most beautiful examples. What beautiful men. Uh, you know, Liz, you were saying you've got hope for this country now. I've had hope for it all the way through. Country, meh. I don't even care. Fuck the bigger picture. Can I say that? It's not. <laughs> I don't really care. Country, world, blah, blah, blah. Here I am right here. What can I do? It can be challenging to live in a world where all the information's coming in and, and, and it's bad news. You're not watching the news, you're watching the bad news. Now, I can't, there's nothing I can do about that. If I could, I would. But what I can do is connect with people around me and in my community. And it doesn't take a lot of people to do that. You know, 4% of the world, if 4% of us just decided to do that, that'd be a very different world. And, and I believe we're getting towards it. Powerful. You guys are so powerful. It's beautiful. I actually think there's so many people that are waking up. Like, I just, I, I, well, I just can't help but think about all the amazing people I've met. And I'm like, I, you know, I can't, I can't meet everyone clearly, but how am I running into all these different people that know what's up and how, like, how is this possible? There must be more than a few percent. There's got to be, I honestly reckon there's like, just under half of the population is waking up to some of this crap. Like I know they're not on the same level as what we are, but they are literally around half. Honestly, they're just like, they know something's not right. They're sick of the prices of fuel. They're sick of the prices of the mortgage going up. They're sick of the rates. They're sick of the politicians. They're sick of this. And they're seeing that we need to make a change. And I'm like, I think we need to like, just be, I, well, you see this all the time when you see someone that gets like victim mentality and when they get sick and they feel real bad about being sick and then it takes them a week to recover but if you just felt positive about it like uh, John O did when he had his broken back and he just sort of you know I need to be I'm going to heal myself you know I can just I can do this I can get better quick and uh, you know he was walking after how many days was it John? Three days. Three days like you know what I mean but he, you know he healed himself by being positive and I, that's just so powerful and I remember when John O told me the story about the car accident I was sitting there like he's in, we're in this bullshit and he told me and I was literally like what the hell like how has this not affected you more like this is what i was thinking because he told me oh this is the first time i've ridden a motorbike since i broke my back and i was like what you broke your back and i was like <laughs> are you sure you should be on the motorbike like maybe you should stop you know stop doing that <laughs> and we've just gone for a two-hour motorbike ride and he's telling me he's broken his back and then the person that was driving the other car died and the both his kids got severely injured i'm sitting again what and then, you know, like, I just remember thinking, far out, I felt real sorry for you. And you're like, no, oh, no, it was, you know, like, you were positive about it. And I was just thinking, like, oh, this guy's pretty cool, like, the way that you flipped it. And, like, but not many people can flip things like you can, Jono. Like, you sort of almost see yourself in the third person, which is very, I don't know, some sort of talent. I don't know what the hell you call that. But you honestly take a step back and look at yourself and how you're acting to other people. Most people can't do that, mm. which is, I, I kind of try and... Uh, well, I'm learning stuff off you all the time, but and that's in that aspect. But yeah, I think it's weird, isn't it? Me. What's that? It is strange, like because yeah, I, I do notice myself doing that, um, like and I, and I call it like you know detached points of view, like um, 
like if I'm in here all about me, 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 the world is is like um well one, I'd be like firstly, I'd be like, I am a certain way, I am an asshole, I am blah blah blah. But it's like that's not true. That's just because I say I am. And so like stepping beyond the the level of self and like having this detached point of view is like wow okay yeah sometimes i do that and now i have a choice because that's not me that's just the conversation it's like um you know the the inner dialogue people think that's them you know like if you stop and just listen to the thoughts running in your mind that's not you but most people think it is them oh i've got to do this and i've got to do that and i can't do that because i'm this and blah 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 and i don't agree with that because i'm of this opinion and blah 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 and there's just no freedom in that and there's I, a I great Oh, sorry, John, there's a great book called The Untethered Soul, and he starts off by saying, you know, you can stop at any point and listen to the voices in your voice in your head. But who's listening? Because it's such a profound question. If I can listen to that yeah. voice, who's listening? Yeah. And then he and goes, if you well, think maybe, that's you. maybe it's like there are two of you. And seriously, if he said, if you can put that voice that's giving you advice all day long, that's bad, they're awful, don't do that, you failed there, this isn't good enough. If you can put that voice in a flatmate, and put that flatmate down the other end of the couch and watch it for a while. Would you ever take advice from that flatmate? No. That's your own voice. But but the, the part that's listening is calm and beautiful. Mm. I'm going to tell you um, a little story because we, we probably will be closing fairly soon, but this has been so profound. I've had some real moments. Go, Susie, go. So, I just have to say, I have clients now. Oh, I am yes. just uh, so... Honestly, beautiful is the only word I have. What beautiful men you're finding, Liz. <laughs> They're good men. Dig them all up, put them on. This is fantastic. It is such a pleasure to meet you guys. I could sit here and talk all day with you and listen to your stories. They are beautiful. Uh, clients are calling. And um, thank you. Love so, you, Susie. Uh, we'll, we'll take care, Susie. Again. Yeah, look forward yeah, to talking again. Thank you. That was amazing. Whoops, I just dropped my mic. But I'll just tell you this story about authenticity and being vulnerable. Um, just so much of what we've talked about today has been really moving because the last few weeks, this, this sense of such confusion and then wanting something different. What do I stand for, actually? And I um, was really angry about what they did to Tokalau, what Ross Ardern did. And I put out that piece to camera that was full of how dare you and then still the mainstream media hasn't picked it up still they're doing pathetic stories picking on the, the freedom fighters who are brave and not picking up the in, important stories and then we hear a couple of weeks ago that Anna and Mahalino and little Gypsy they're 15 year old really struggling mentally the wife particularly Anna and she's beautiful and she was scared to come on she came on and she was crying so hard that something made me do this crazy thing I just said this prayer and I said the prayer at the beginning because it gave her a chance to calm and it came right out of my my sort of cells but it also was a prayer to the other islanders to remind them that they too can answer to a higher power if they want to and be better people and then I thought oh this will go down you know that this will be picked up in future years by some cynical person in mainstream media and ridiculed and Someone did that, you know, called me some fundamentalist Christian person or something. I don't know what I am. I'm not a label. I just have a deep faith and a divine power. And so that had gone on for 10 days. Um, and this weekend, uh, one islander turned up on Sunday morning 
with some food for this family and reached out. And then this morning, there was a post saying um, Gypsy had said what she most misses about Pororua growing up in Pororua is pineapple pies from a particular bakery. And others had turned up and one of them had turned up with pineapple pies for Gypsy. How amazing is that, you guys? <clears throat> An island that's been divided and broken, the societal um, links have been completely crushed. And um, these are familial links as well, family links, and everybody picking a few weeks ago, surrounding their house and yelling at them and saying, you'll be locked down forever and laughing at them and just putting them right on the edge of a nervous breakdown. And now there's a softening and there's a humanity. And it just goes back to what we were talking about this morning. Just be love, be love mm. to each other. It's so simple. Can I, I, I wanted to just share, you know, being a teacher of history, there's been times when, you know, I've, I've walked away from my research, from the horrors of war, from uh, um, the, the lives that men, you know, in particular, and women who, who've gone over to serve as well. And one thing that just blows my mind, and it, it's been, you know, talked about by us all here and there, Susie, is, you know, the, the spirit, the human spirit, you know, and which is connected to the soul. And that is, they've never been able to break it. I mean, that's why, you know, when I, when I John shared me that story, um, James and Liz, um, about him and what happened to him. I think we were going from Fairley back through to Geraldine, wasn't it? And my mind's just blowing because, you know, met John a couple of times on the um, on here on a mower, and you know, just the ability for us that inner strength we have, you know, when when despite you know the odds of of what bombs and fear and destruction and all that physical turmoil that can be thrown at us, it doesn't matter, you know, what's in here and our ability to just be just show what humanity is and the spirit of of what being nice. And, you know, as, as simple as, you know, a, a pie to be handed over a, a wave or a smile or a lift in your back of your shirt and showing, you know, this this massive scar of this, you know, this experience you've, you've been through. Um, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's just been in that present moment and, and just seen and knowing how powerful the spirit is all around us. Eh? It's, it's pretty humbling. Mm. Can you That's finish with thing. reading that oh. sign behind you? Joe, just what does that sign say? Uh, right here. Yep. This says, we love our amazing, happy, crazy, loving, and close-knit family. That's what the that sign says. That is so beautiful. That's I finally Tokelau, figured out what this, what this all Zealand. is. What? It's literally, wow, I think we all just inspire ourselves, and then by inspiring ourselves, I'm, I've been inspired by each one of you, and by, and I'm hopefully if someone, something I've said inspired one, you guys as well, but I think we're doing, inspiring each other, but also inspiring you know, thousands of other people, if not, you know, so many other people. Like, because I always hear these stories, they come back to, like, people will pick up on something we said in the 50-second minute, and they'll tell me, and I'm like, whoa. And, you know, like, I almost forgot about that. Or I definitely forget about, I don't remember everything we say, but, you know, I can remember the stories, and it is about telling your story and about inspiring other people with your story. And every day I'm getting more and more stories because I keep talking to more and more people and just hearing them, taking a leaf out of Jono's book and listening um rather than always talking which is hard to believe but yeah. <laughs> I'm my inspiration from today Joe is man I've, I haven't been doing this I've been cross with people wearing masks why are you wearing a mask in my head you know mm. get it off you're so I'm gonna smile at every mask wearer today 
and every day from from this from your beautiful beautiful work you're doing at school joe and and my students um the boys in particular farmer james you know i'm telling them to mantle every single day brother dozens of times okay mantle every day where does that come from sir it comes from farmer james oh who's he oh he's one of my mates <laughs> man tall is amazing because it's a mantle it's a cloak of, of mm. dignity what's your takeaway Jono before we go your final takeaway from today oh, isn't Susie awesome <laughs> yeah and responsibilities there like I, I put in the chat there a matter of responsibility like this is it oh, this more. is about being responsible and um and on that note as part of me being responsible for my health and well-being this week i've given up alcohol completely through till uh christmas eve i've done that with my brother and um and i've been hitting the gym and i'm gonna lose nine kilograms before my wedding in february you know that's taking wow. responsibility it's scary shit too it's scary because i love beer i love wine i've just been on a tour with um a wine company up in marlborough and i got like two bottles of beautiful wine and it's sitting there and I'm not touching it. And it tastes good on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you betcha, mate. Christmas Eve, I'm going to be a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is responsibility and it's not comfortable. This yeah. is not comfortable. Yeah. You know, my, so, so my word is that, um, so I'm hitting the gym three times a week and I'm doing this with my brother or oh, Ben, you guys know Big Ben. Mm. And, um, and I'm eating once a day, so just in the evening. But that's that's not just for weight loss; that's for mental clarity and and um, many different reasons. And um, yeah, no alcohol till Christmas Eve. So here I am, accountable. I've given my word. That is an awesome note to end on. See you next week, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. See you later, Tuesday.